The Hello Careers podcast explores a system developed to align business needs with education and training. It's proven to be invaluable for dozens of businesses and people looking to create a new life for themselves. We are firm believers that you must screen for attitude and train for aptitude. We're unpacking our insight to help you build partnerships and earn public support for an age-old way of learning a skill, apprenticeship. We'll address issues such as where there's a skills gap, is there an education and training gap? How do you respond to a tight labor market? What happens when the major employer pulls out of your community? If you're looking to create an apprenticeship program or curious about what to do next, this show could be just the thing you've been looking for. I'm your host, Mark Sylvester. Now, let's get started and talk with the team. Welcome back to the show, everyone. I'm Mark Sylvester, and with me on today's show, um, you met him a couple of episodes ago, um, Ryan and also Paula, uh, who's with the program. But what's interesting, Paula, is that the two of you have worked together for, had worked together for many years. So why don't you uh, introduce yourself and then tell us that story. Sure. My name is Paula Matthias Fryer, and I'm the program director for Slow Partners. And Ryan and I um, met working for a small software company here in San Luis Obispo. And uh, that was about eight or nine years ago. We were actually the first two employees for the company. And... Um, through through that company is how I came to Slow Partners. Um, our, the company grew a, a ton. We went from one employee to about 60 or 70 now. And Ryan ha- and I had a hand in hiring a lot of those people. Um, and three of those were apprentices through Slow Partners. And I just love the experience so much. I love the applicants. And I thought it was really a great uh, organization, so started to volunteer for them and eventually came to work for them. And uh, let's remind our listener who you are, Ryan. Sure. Uh, my name is Ryan Shepard, and I'm the VP of development for uh, said company in St. Louis, Obispo. And uh, we, in our last episode, we talked about making the case for apprentices in large organizations. So there's a interesting different set of challenges there. In a small company, how is this apprenticeship program uh, taken or perceived? Right. Well, in a, in a small organization, especially in the software industry, you know, it's very competitive. Hiring software developers is extremely competitive. And large companies um, can really afford to offer those benefits. Maybe they have, you know, a slide in their in their uh, office or, you know, an espresso bar. They give lunch every day, those types of things that you, you hear about. And a small company really is, you know, building from the ground up and it's kind of, you know, working hard and all geared towards one kind of object, objective and pulling together. So it's a whole different mentality from that um, big, really cool software company that everyone hears about. Um, and so working for a startup, you have to be clever in your hires. You have to have still have something to offer, of course, and make it interesting for people. But with the apprentice program, hiring, you know, as a smaller company, an apprentice gives you it's, it's extremely helpful because it gives you a really great pool of applicants to choose from. And those, a lot of times the apprentices are looking for a way to get their foot into the door to a software company. And a small organization is the perfect means for them to do that. 
So is this small, so just take it here and slow, is the small company competing against the large company for these employees, I'm guessing? And do they offer, when you're thinking about talking to them, why it's better to come to you than the larger company? What's that? What's your pitch? Yeah, there's a number of aspects there. So, um for uh, yes, there is some competition, I would say, uh, especially for the kind of senior level or architectural type talent, um, the, the the more uh, established experience path that we talked about a little bit in the last episode um, that that uh, is competitive. Um, but the types of work that uh, need to be done in the companies differ. Uh, and as a result, I think uh, we're not always looking for the same types of candidates. So a large company, Amazon or Google or something like that, has a bunch of products already built, and they need incremental improvements on those products. And they're used by millions of people, so they need to be top quality production ready changes that get vetted end to end before anything goes out. And so you so the code that someone would be writing um, would be these little bits of code, but they have to be very well thought out pieces of code. Um, when you're a smaller company, it's not so much about that. Uh, a lot of times the product isn't built at all, and you're trying to prove that there's a market for it. Uh, and so I think that the skills you're looking for in that situation are moving fast, uh, being able to you know, build quickly, uh, having a passion for it. Um, and so for that reason, that that's, seems like a real prime case for uh, these apprentices where they get the, uh, you know, the introductory level, uh, the, they learn enough glue to be able to put an app together. Um, but really, they have the passion. And over time, uh, they'll get to backfill on the architectural and fundamentals knowledge. Um, but I think it's a better, it's a good match for uh, the small companies' needs that the bigger companies aren't necessarily looking for. Yeah, I just wanted to add to that. Um, when you work for a small company, you get to wear a lot of hats. So as Ryan mentioned, you know, you might be building an app from the ground up, doing all different sorts of things. Whereas if you're working for a big company, you might just be uh, working on one specific area. So for an apprentice working for a small company, they get such a breadth of knowledge. They're going to be doing so many different things and learning so much. I mean, they're what they're going to learn in one year is is just you know, going to be amazing for them. They're, they're probably not going to, it's not even something that they can conceptualize when they first start. I, I like to think of these employees when I see them, I can see a future for them that they can't see mm. for themselves. And you knowing what your long-term plans are, you can see in them, okay, I think we've got a winner here mm -hmm. and they may end up being a supervisor or leading a team or scrum master or those kinds of things. You don't tell them that right away, but you're kind of, you can see that future for them. Is that fair to say? Yeah, absolutely. And that's something that, uh, again, you might get that more from, uh, from an apprentice than you'd get with someone who's established in the field, who kind of has already developed an idea of, of who they are and what they do. Um, it's great and a fun fun for both the employer and the employee to be able to watch them grow and try to spot uh, the little, you know, the sparks where they, they really excel and uh, coach them in that direction and, and see if that's the direction they want to go. Um, One of the 
ways that this program works is that there's a supervisor who's associated with that apprentice over a year-long program. Is that a burden for the small business, or is that actually an opportunity for the small business? Um, it's not a burden. It's something that you would have to do with any employee that's that's starting out at a software company, really. I mean, especially if you're a small company, it's it's something that should be built into what you do is there's going to be training. There's going to be a learning curve for whoever you bring in. Um, so if you want a, a strong foundation for your company, no matter what size it is, you want to have a supervisor that's assigning projects, that's leading scrums, that's, you know, um, attacking the JIRA boards and, and assigning projects to the different developers. So really, it's not much different, I would say, than, um, than really any other opportunity. So the, there's the, uh, the other part of that is the kind of the reporting back, which I think is really good that there's process involved in terms of frequent check-ins or what are they, quarterly check-ins that Slow Partners has with the apprentice? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Slow Partners, we have kind of a survey that we send out to the employers um, once a quarter for one year total. And that is just asking, you know, where the, the apprentice is kind of at, what they've learned so far. It's not so much as something, you know, checking the boxes. This is what they have to learn over the year because they're going to be learning a lot of um, maybe something different. You know, they're not going to be learning SQL, SQL, but they'll be learning JavaScript or something like that, for example. So um, it's not something where they check the boxes specifically saying, yes, they have to learn this. They have to learn that. But it's um, it's just getting an idea that they are on the track for really improving their skills over the year. It feels like Slow Partners and this program is a secret weapon for small businesses. Is that fair to say? I think so, yeah. Yeah, the I mean the, uh, the full stack program and uh, and the slow partners in general, uh, b- being able to to tap into this feed of really uh, uh, just interesting, uh, talented, smart candidates um, has been really cool. Um, in hiring, often it's been, uh, you know, it's it's in a small community like this, it can be a challenge to get someone in the door and. Uh, then you have one person in front of you, and uh, the choice has to be, do I go with this person or, or do I wait and keep looking? And so by having uh, a, a bunch of candidates all at the same time, there's a lot of uh, – it's, it's not so much like a, a go or a no-go where it's like it's a – Which one? What, what makes – yeah, what works? Yeah. Uh, do I – wow, there's there's three great candidates. Can I make them all fit into my organization or something? Um, so it, it really uh, – I think it's a great opportunity. So just to give you an example, we have um, one person that we hired as an apprentice. She was a Stanford grad, um, had a master's degree. Also, she was a data analyst for, um, I believe she was working in social work um, down in the Bay Area and moved to San Luis Obispo um, following her spouse, I believe. And um, really loved, learned that she loved data and le- learned that she loved programming. And so she went through the Slow Partners Ticket into Tech um, program. And she was the perfect hire for us because her, obviously very smart, going to Stanford and, you know, having done business analysis in the past. And then also, in addition to the software development 
uh, knowledge that she had attained through Slow Partners made her a excellent candidate and probably somebody, if it wasn't for Slow Partners, that we would not have been exposed to. So mm-hmm. it, it feels like there's a there's a, a diversity advantage as well here because you're getting these diverse backgrounds to your point that they would not have normally have found. Absolutely. I mean, we live in a college town, so a lot of software companies in the area, their first go-to is the grads um, from the computer science program. But that is, it, it's not an easy pipeline because a lot of the grads, they're from somewhere else, so they want to go to the Bay Area or, you know, they want to go back home and work or Los Angeles or whatever, a bigger city, you know, have a change. And so it's not any kind of guaranteed just getting those college grads. And so this is a a way to diversify your teams um, because it's you're also getting people with prior experience, different um, university backgrounds, different professional experience. So it's not somebody just coming out of college. I'm I'm thinking of the other value add Slow Partners has for the small business, and it's it's really you, Paula, have, having all of these years of experience in HR and hiring people and knowing what those challenges are. Um, how do you actually help the small business in terms of recruiting or just best practices? I'm, I've got to feel that all of your years of experience actually are paying off as another reason for a small business to work with slow partners. Yeah, well, I mean, every once in a while when I work with businesses now, they ask me uh, because I did HR uh, for you know, eight years. And so they'll ask me different questions about that, which I never want to give any kind of legal advice, of course. (laughs) But it is, you know, I do have a knowledge base and some experience in it. But then also just having a really good understanding of what it's like to recruit in San Luis Obispo area. Um, You know, it's something that I'm really strong at, and I have a lot of networks and connections here. And so being able to tap into that is definitely a, a benefit for slow partners and the businesses that we work with. I'm thinking about um, the the administrator of this kind of program in another small community who's listening to this and they're wanting to build this kind of program themselves. Um, Ryan, uh, so you're you're talking to that you know uh, employer in a, a small community, a rural community. Uh, what would you tell them is the maybe the biggest benefit? that they have from going this apprenticeship thing, which is new. This We're talk, calling it modern apprenticeship. Mm-hmm. What's the, the selling point to them? It's, I think it's connecting a supply to a demand. Um, as we've seen, as Paula talked about, uh, you know, there are people mid-career who have done a certain path and decide that coding is really this uh, a new challenge for them that they're really interested in. Uh, so there are people out there wanting to do that. Uh, and then there are, especially in small communities, there are employers hungry for uh, employees. And there's the classic, you know, uh, try to find someone out of a college or something like that. But talking to the diversity point, and we've we've found this through experience that it's kind of like an ecosystem. If you have an ecosystem of all the exact same flower, uh, then it's at risk. Uh, it's not diverse, and it doesn't. And if uh, you know, plague comes through, wipe that. <laughs> so that's maybe a bit of a stretch. Um, but the the point is, you want your teams to be 
to have a diversity of skills. Um, someone who has been in the in a different career for a while may have experience with managing challenge on a team and and uh, various things that someone very new to their career would not have. So, um, so it's good for the employers to connect to that. Um, supply of of people wanting to get into the field and and vice versa, um, it, it's it's great to have a, a program like this apprenticeship that enables those people who want to make a career change to to connect with those employers. It feels like again it's back to competitive advantage, especially with small companies that are starting up and uh, bringing in people who get to work on an MVP. Right. Mm -hmm. Rather than, as you said earlier, just one little snippet of code on one page that has 23 services working on it. And they're just doing that one bit. So this this access to larger projects makes me think that they also have access to leadership in the company, in a small company that we wouldn't normally get in a large Mm -hmm. company. And what's the value of that? Um, They I think the the one on one coaching uh, is going to be much greater uh, in a small company. Um, the and then the, the the possible paths uh, that they can travel. So, when first starting out, uh, there are so many different uh, directions you can go. Uh, and I think in a larger company, uh, you're, you're probably slotted in from fairly early on. That in your job description, it says specifically which team you're going to be on, what skills you're needed for it, and whatnot. Um, so by uh, getting someone earlier on in a small company where you have to wear a lot of hats and be presented with a lot of opportunities, um, th- it's a it's a, a mutual benefit that the company can shape them in the direction uh, that is going to be best suited for the company, um, and and vice versa. The employee can can work with the company to figure out uh, where they want to grow. I'm I'm thinking about these informal mixers that you have and job. Not really a job fair, but maybe you call it a job fair. What do you call um, that? We call it like a meet, an employer meet and greet. Got it. Mm-hmm. Um, so what is the, um, so now I'm thinking tactically, you're at one of these meet and greets and you're competing with all the other <laughs> hiring managers that are talking to these prospective apprentices. It's a bit of sales, definitely. Uh, so I think we've both practiced the pitch for uh, our, our company in the past of how how in a, a 30 second span you can uh, sell your company to someone. Um, so uh, w- keeping an eye on, uh, you know, the cal- the candidates you're interested in, really listening to them and hearing uh what specifically do they have an interest in uh, within the, the the overall genre of, of your, your work? And then uh, figuring out how you can make a sales pitch about your company and about opportunities uh, in that specific, that meets that specific interest. You're both being interviewed, aren't you? <laughs> yes, right? definitely. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we, we forget that a lot of times. It's like, oh, hold it. Who's interviewing who here? So I'm curious. Now, Paula, with your program hat on, do you coach the apprentices before that meeting on any kind of behavior tips? Because I know a, a part of the success of this program is it's not just the technical skills, but it's also those soft skills, the interviewing skills. What kind of coaching do you give the apprentices before 
they meet these potential employers? Absolutely. I mean, soft skills are so important these days. And um, I've taught a class at Cal Poly on career readiness um, that included things like, you know, resume building, um, interview skills, LinkedIn profile, um, how to behave professionally in, in work environments and at things like career fairs or meet and greets. So I um, have used those skills that I, you know, use teaching um, for our applicants with slow partners and incorporate those same kind of um, programs for each of our graduates. So teaching them about interview skills, you know, usually there's five or six typical questions that you're going to be asked at every interview. So having them go over those types of questions, you know, um, what are your strengths and weaknesses? Um, when did you, when was the time when you failed and how did you, you know, come out of that? Those kind of questions are in almost any interview that you go through. And if you know how to answer those um, well and have those kind of in your back pocket and ready to use. So really helping those apprentices kind of think about those kind of questions, be ready to answer those. You know, tell me a little bit about yourself. That's another one. Um, and so they're ready to tell the story of how they got to the apprenticeship and what their you know, why they're there, how they got there, and really what they can do for the company that they go and work for. We call that high-stakes, short-form communication, right? Very high-stakes, short-form. I've got 30 seconds, 90 seconds, maybe like three minutes feels like forever in that situation. But how can I uh, tell my story of why I'm here is so important. And it's high stakes because this is that first time I'm getting possibly to meet the person where I'm going to go spend the next five or six years. After the meet and greet, so it's the next day, do you get together with them and kind of check their, their pulse, their temperature? How did it go? Highlights, low lights? Do you kind of, is there a feedback session? I'm curious, how do those go? Definitely, we follow up both with the businesses and the apprentices because what's really important is to get feedback as well from the businesses because then we can get an idea about how the apprentices are, say, interviewing, how they're answering those questions that we worked on, um, what, you know, what, uh, what kind of overall perception they're giving the businesses. And so that's valuable information for us going forward because we work with the apprentices specifically on those skills. So if we get some feedback saying, you know, whatever, uh, so-and-so wasn't able to answer this question, for example, um, then we can really we can really work specifically on those types of things with apprentices, help them, you know, maybe they're getting really nervous during an interview. So talking about tips and tricks for calming your nerves, that type of thing. And also just practicing those questions, like the ones that I, the typical interview questions that I just mentioned, having those answers kind of ready, not that you want to say it robotically, but you have those in your back pocket and you know what you're going to say when those questions come up. So, um, so we definitely work with both sides. And then once we get feedback from businesses, talk to the apprentices, giving them, giving them any uh, tips and tricks that we might be able to, and then help with the whole connection of following up with the businesses that they talk to, sending emails, you know, thank you emails, sending them another copy of their resume. I even teach them how to, um, to name their, when they send their resume again as a PDF. I, I help them with the naming convention, make sure it's your first name, last name, resume, not just 
resume, which <laughs> you see a lot of times. Um, so tips and tricks that I have in in my back pocket on working in this industry for so long, I'm able to share with the apprentices. Yeah, those are some pro tips there, right? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I'm I'm thinking that um, uh, there's another advantage here for the small business person who uh, there's. Well, you were the only hiring manager. You took them up to 70-ish people, uh, and there's that's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. That's a tremendous amount of work because there's there's the recruiting piece, but then there's benefits administered. There's just talent management, human capital management, all the other stuff of all the ones that you already have. It feels like to me that slow partners – takes a lot of that work off of the hiring manager because you've kind of you've pre-qualified you you've got really good people for them and you're giving them something actually more than they were looking for is that fair absolutely uh, with the precision manufacturing cohort that we just completed in August we had uh, about 225 applicants and through a screening process we got that down to 27 actual students who went through our eight-week boot camp and uh, the boot camp itself was rigorous. So it was four hours a day for eight weeks uh, from 5.30 to 9.30. So typically people went to work all day and then came here and did the boot camp. So that really, you know, showed their conviction for what they wanted to do. And we started with 27 and it ended with about 22 or 23. So those were really solid candidates. And the feedback that I got from businesses was that they were just above and beyond anyone else that they had interviewed. Again, back to the secret weapon for small businesses is finding people in this program. Right. So so Slow Partners had done so much of the work because, you know, one of our um, businesses said, we usually find candidates through Craigslist, which is a nightmare. <laughs> so and it, Craigslist is a nightmare for finding candidates. I mean, you'll just get so many resumes that are you know, don't have anything to do with the job that you're hiring for. And so we do that entire screening process for them, which could take, you know, so many hours and cost a company that has to pay that person who's doing the screening process, you know, a lot of money. So we actually just knock that out for them and give them the candidates that we put in front of them are all relevant. Well, I I feel like uh, in this episode, we've definitely made the case for small organizations of, of why to invest the time. Uh, Craigslist feels like just a bunch of transactions, most of them poor, uh, <laughs> where the relationship with Slow Partners is one where you're really invested in uh, the whole program idea, plus the individual apprentices, knowing that we want to hire them for new, they're They're looking for new careers. They're not looking for a job. I mean, a job is, of course, part of it, but they really want a career. And to your point, they're investing their 40 hours a week at the job, their day job, and now they want to turn this plan B into their plan A and, and really significantly improve uh, the outcome for their, their household and, and for their lives. It makes perfect sense. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Hello Careers. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. How will you bring this system to your community and say hello to new careers and goodbye to low-wage jobs? For more episodes, visit hellocareers.org or send us a note to podcast at hellocareers.org. 
We'd love to hear from you with questions or success stories of how apprenticeship is working in your region. Till next time, I'm Mark Sylvester with Hello Careers.